0: Welcome to the question and answer portion of this podcast. My name is Joshua Daniel. I'm an Episcopal priest at St. Columba's in Washington, DC. The questions for, for this section come from members of the Dismantling Racism class. The audio is sometimes a bit difficult to make out, but hopefully this is a valuable addition for those of you wanting to go a bit deeper into the material. Let's begin. Let me stop, stop the, uh, stop this. The, okay. How? Uh, uh, on. Let's talk about clarity first. How did? How clear was that? Any question? Any clarifying questions?
1: I I thought
0: that was very clear. Thank you, Joshua. Okay, great. So the other part. Of, um, and this is where we can stop and talk about uh, questions about Mark one through three, or specifically um, questions as you dug into Mark chapter four. Again, one of the motivating ideas for this class is to like come out of this like huge time commitment. Thank you <laughs> for being willing uh, to do this kind of week in and week out uh, for uh, just about two months is that at the end of it, there is something of like a familial um, uh, uh, sense of what the gospel of Mark is and kind of uh, faith. And when we talk about social justice, that this isn't something that we've uh, appended to our faith or to the gospel, but something that we are inheritors of uh, from the gospel. So yeah, there's a genuine interest of mine to, like, know how we're doing on this. Yes, Jan.
1: Well, I struggle with it, because when we read about this the first time, I'm thinking, well, you know, I'm not ready to give up everything I owe.
0: Yeah, and yes. How do we justify
1: churches that are big, elaborate buildings? Um, right. You know, is that wrong? Yeah. And so, I've always been one to kind of try and find the middle ground, <laughs> but
0: it doesn't sound like there's much room for middle ground here. Yeah. Yes. They, okay. So if if the problem. That you're struggling with is that um i or the gospel of mark itself has convinced you of jesus's radical nature and we're trying to square that radical nature with what we can actually do we are like halfway to it jan (laughs) so um uh the feeling that it's the easy half (laughs) Yes, yes, and that's what we're going to talk a lot about today in the parables, right? Um, the the sow, the sower of the seed and which seeds grow and which seeds don't um, uh, has a lot to do with this. And that is something that I would like our class to talk about um, at some point. I want to get to chapter 6, which is where I think Jesus lays out his most clear, like, here's what I'd like you to do Um as a community, uh, not just to a a few of his disciples, but good. Thank you. So I'm going to flag that as a question. And that is, uh, is what Jesus asking us to do just uh, palpably unrealistic? And therefore, have we set ourselves up to failure um, uh, uh, for this? Thank you. Yes, Patty. So, I have really appreciated your interpretation and in lectures, not lectures, but just your talk sure. uh,
1: about what the Gospel of Mark is, is really about. When, when I read it, uh, I, I, I didn't see all that you described. Right and and I, I resonate to what you described It's not necessarily an easy message. Uh, Yeah. And it is. It's an appropriate call. You know, it's how it ought to be. Um, One of the things that I struggle with is, and I know you've already started to explain it some. Yeah. But. Uh, In the parables, why is it, you know, why are the disciples in the know?
0: Mm.
1: And why are the thousands of people
0: coming to listen to him
1: trying to figure it out? Now, I know there must be something in this struggle, you know, Mm. something in the finding your way, learning. Mm. Uh, You know, we value those things most that we learn for ourselves kind of thing. Yeah. That's. That's where I get a little, uh, you know, tripped up
0: by it. Um, Or or not that. I'll get impatient. Okay. You know, so I probably just want the answer, which may not be the right way to go. Yes. That's where I get a
1: little uh, frustrated with the
0: gospel. Thank you. And, I,
1: and I'm interested in the parable we'll talk about today, of
0: course, the sowing of the seed mm-hmm. because it's one we've all heard yeah. and been preached on right. you know, a lot over the years. Yes. Thank you, Patty. And so the um, the frustration is that Jesus kind of has this two-tier um, like uh, pedagogy, uh, one for the kind of insiders and one for the outsiders. And the outsiders do seem to get judged, and it's like, well, they're on the outside, you know. Is <laughs> am I kind of tracking?
1: And and I I just it's not necessarily that I think it's bad. It's just I'm I'm
0: curious uh, about the, the the purpose the, in, the yeah. intent you bet. of that. Great, thank you. Um, yeah, Katie. Oh, are you seeing me laugh to myself here? Is that
1: <laughs> I just what? got called on? I, uh, <laughs> yeah. I think I,
2: I, I, I was, I, I was, oh, gosh, since I'm called on, all of it. I, I was laughing to myself because I, and I, this is not, I, I just, every time I read this, I'm like, oh, it makes me laugh like of course like go figure of course the disciples know everything in private (laughs) of of course that's the way it is (laughs) a little bit like uh i don't know it just makes me i can't describe it but it makes me laugh a little and and then i was also thinking it's a little bit like uh in buddhism like those the the cone or however you say it k-o-a-n oh and just making me think like you know maybe me i mean again i'm you know, guessing as much as anybody, but maybe it's said because there is. You're supposed to, you know, to point us in the direction of struggling through it. Like, mm. you know, we are supposed to try and understand. We are supposed to be stumped by that statement and um try to work through it and try to be. You know, we are supposed to be kind of troubled by it. Yeah. And wonder what it means and roll it around in our brain. Right. Um, Did I raise my hand, too? Is that
0: why I was called on? It was perfect serendipity. Oh, sorry. That was an accident. I don't know how that happened. Your subconscious willed it. All right, I'm lowering it. Great. Yes. Yeah. So another way. Thank you, Katie. That's so helpful. Um, Well, I've got a question both for you and Patty that made me think in just a second. But another way of saying the kind of preamble that I had about faith, is that at the end of the sermon, um, who says, uh, yeah, I guess, I guess this is just kind of Mark's narrative aside. Verse 33, with many such parables, he spoke the word to them as they were able to hear it. (laughs) I just, I love that. And again, what that challenges is, is this idea of, you know, there are these right answers of faith, um, and where you just need to enter those into your brain. And, and Jesus just doesn't seem capable of of producing those type of things for the disciples. He had to speak indirectly to get the ball rolling because it's not about having the right words; it's about living a certain way. Um, therefore. The way that he communicated, even when he was like giving a sermon, is indirectly, you know, um, uh, which really is a great picture of what of what I think faith is like. Oh, the question I had is it seemed I'm and maybe I'm misunderstanding both of you. Yes, Jesus pulls the disciples um, aside. But. Are, are you thinking that the the disciples understand Jesus? Okay, okay. Yes, yes or no? Yes, Katie. What? Yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah, but Patty, you're saying no. I don't think they always do because yeah. he he seems to at times get impatient with them. Right.
1: So, you know.
0: Yes. When it, they wake them, when they wake him during the storm, ha, have you no faith? You know. And it, Right. To me, by now by the, by the storm he's you know he's shown them a lot I don't in private he's been with them a lot yeah and yet they're, they don't think they can weather this storm if he's asleep in the boat right, right. yes um, okay so it made me think just now about something that happens in my marriage all the time which is Jenna will say something to me. That I take to be cryptic, (laughs) opaque, and she takes it to be clear as crystal, you know? And these are always the most moments of, like, um, tension between us because it's impossible to, so far, (laughs) so far it seems impossible to predict what the other person is going to get and what takes a lot of explanation. And that seems, you know, poor disciples, Jesus says, like, I'm speaking to you in parables and they're like we don't get it and jesus is like how can you not get it it's like you're speaking you know and and that's what i get from verse 13 and he said to them do you not understand this parable you know there's the exasperation then how will you understand all the parables we'll get to that in a minute and then he and then he like gives a um decrypted a semi-decrypted explanation but uh perfect anything else to kind of help set the table and also, like, just um, an update on like your feeling about your feeling of comfort on um, what I'm saying, what you're reading in the text, and what you feel like comes through as like understandable. Joshua. Yes, Don.
1: There was something that you said in an earlier class that I, I just was just going back over my notes and. Um, yeah. You were talking about this being an ancient text yeah, and she said something like this is temptation if i don't understand it i'm going to dismiss
0: it
1: mm. yeah i was just gonna put those words back out
0: yes yeah i think don thanks for reminding me of that because um there is in my own mind in life a temptation to try to make everything in the bible understandable <laughs> and that presumes that i understand it <laughs> yeah. and 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 that presumes that i have the perspective of god or something you know i mean there's there's a part of this that that has to be escapable and us be comfortable with that. Um and uh and and to not kind of neuter the strangeness in the text. Um Patty as an edu- no. yeah. as an
3: educator you talk about some neural pathways but you kinda I've had somebody explain it that first time you hear something it's kind of a dot and and there's just a few dots and the next Mm. time you hear it or experience a few more of those dots fill in and it seems to me like that's a little bit of what faith and the disciples i mean faith is and the disciples experiences they had a couple dots of uh oh there was something in there that they learned for the first time And then something else would build on that and build on that, and I wonder if that isn't part of the process of what is happening here.
0: Thank you, um, Mom. Uh, Man, yes, and that—that is such a beautiful image of what. I mean, it both seems like. uh, Um just what it means to learn something, (laughs) but also just a beautiful image of like our lives. And, and I, um, so the kind of like connecting the multiple dots is like, that's how I've experienced myself. (laughs) Right. Like, um, feeling in my teens or twenties and like six months ago, sometimes totally disconnected. And then how does that get repaired is like this, you know, these fit together this way And I don't really know about this bit but um, And how I understand other people um, uh, My children are the best examples of this Where uh, uh, Part of them seem strange enough other- Anyway, and so like Thinking about the kind of paradigms Of what it What does it mean When do I feel like I really know somebody Or Know something Like a Topic uh, or a discipline, and using that kind of like a broad framework to think about scripture. I think, yeah.
2: So, here's one kind of really, um, since we're going somewhat deep on verse th- 33, Yeah. and trying to overlay it with faith, here's a little bit of like a, wi- a wild thought yes Which is, i've never thought before but the education comment made me think about it um when you the first slide you put up was about faith and kind of the first part was if that i'm completely paraphrasing but it was like if faith, faith is everywhere faith is nowhere it's just your life la- or it's everywhere right and um that reminds me a little like the statement he did not speak to them except in parables. Mm. Makes me think about like what if we overlay that whole that concept like with our life, you know, uh, like you know yeah. meaning kind of like do i really have any idea what's going, you know, you know these basic things happen, you're gardening, you're having a disagreement with your child, you're you know in a meeting with a coworker with whom you're butting heads or maybe the opposite, you're really enjoying the meeting. And like all these kind of mundane things happen in our lives. but are they like parables for, you know, could you think about faith as being part of all those different mundane things? And is that kind what? of a, I don't know, not I don't have the answers for it, but is there like a, a, a parable in all those little interactions or big interactions that you have in your daily life mm. and pointing us to faith in some way?
0: yeah wow i love
2: that katie i i i really do because i mean in
3: the end that's all we have right is is the little daily interactions the 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 stuff of life and if that i just i just have to believe that's what god is is wanting for us is Hmm. to have all those all of those individual moments of every day lead us to To him lead us to the kingdom lead us to a better understanding of community and um i i love that image what you said there
0: yeah yeah and maybe more of
3: those little mundane everyday things matter than sometimes we let them Mm mm-hmm because right. noticing things, or being willing to notice, or being willing to change your mind because you see something that you've never saw, have never noticed before, I, I, it, it just has to be some of the process.
0: Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And, it, yeah. and oh. it
1: brings up for me that as as my. You know, as I see more of the picture or the connecting of the dots, um, maybe I I bring the holy into my life more. Mm-hmm. So,
0: you know, let's say for example, your sister says something that, you know, triggers history. Yeah.
1: And your your first response is the historical one, but then but then what Christ you is, well, wait a minute. What's, what's a compassionate response to
0: where she is? And so instead of being in myself, hopefully I'm able to do that. Yeah, I'm looking up. Uh, so I'm preaching this Sunday, and it's on Blind Bartimaeus, um, chapter 10, I think, at the end of 10. And um, Chad Myers has this really great, great... Oh yeah, here it is. Um, as Gandhi put it, if one does not practice nonviolence in one's personal relations with others, and hopes to use it in bigger affairs, one is vastly mistaken. <laughs> you know, and I mean, I think that kind of that summarizes so much. I think of what um, we are circling around, and that is like if you can't see the holy in that cup of coffee with your spouse at 8 a.m., you know, you're missing out. And if you can't see the holy in the magical sunset sunrise moment where you're just knocked off your heels by the power of God, you're missing. You know, it. it's. I and this is what I think Mark is trying to get us to. It's this is like holistic person. Um, uh, oh, I've got something here from Gabby. Uh, Gabby wrote, for me, this approach to faith is liberating and daunting, uh, super challenging at the same time. Um, Paradox equals intuitively correct, holistic approach versus intellectual detachment and superficial ego gratification. And yet what we are called to is counterintuitive to surviving in modern America. Yes. (laughs) Thank you, Gabby. Um, And this gets back to Jan's earlier point, which I take really seriously about not about setting ourselves up for just infinite failure, and um, like we are always disappointing Jesus or God. Um, and uh, I, I want to talk about that at length. But the the flip side of it also is like the power and relevance, I think, of Jesus's message for us today. <laughs> you know, and I, and I sound like a TV evangelist, I think, in some way, I'm saying it that way. But uh, um. Okay, uh, Any anybody else before we kind of get back to the text? This has been exactly what I was hoping for, uh, and thank you. Patty? Oh, um, Patty too.
3: I guess earlier I was thinking about the, um, the use of parables and the sort of two-tier learning and it, it i i just thought um there's a difference in the way that you speak to a crowd and the way that you speak to people that you know they are sincerely convinced to you yeah so when he's speaking to a crowd in politically unrestful times is is part of <laughs> right. part of it is that well not everybody's going to get this esoteric stuff but part of it might be that Know, some of these people are out to get me
0: <laughs> yeah so
3: i will speak in a way that those who can hear can understand and those who don't understand won't understand yeah. so i'm just offering that i just
0: no you know <laughs> that's great yes yeah yeah and it makes me think um and it makes me realize that i have i just not until now have paid close attention that we'll see in just a minute that the beginning of the sermon is directly to you know the crowd right and and that's a technical term that mark uses to describe the kind of anonymous um poor uh who follow jesus and then um after he decodes it the next few parables starting at verse 21 it says he said to them And I'm wondering now, and I don't have a good answer for, is the them the crowd or the disciples? Perhaps the, perhaps, anyway, um, if anybody has an insight, uh, let's, well, when we get to it, let's, let's, uh, please, please share. And that concludes the question and answer portion of the podcast for this week. Hope you will join us again next week as we keep discerning ways that we might dismantle racism with Jesus as our guide. Peace.